4: Hello and welcome to the Game Day podcast from Talksport, the ultimate preview of all the weekend's Premier League action. Alongside me, Sam Matterface this week, Darren Lewis, the assistant editor of The Mirror, and Talksport's Alex Crook, who was the man that called the first goals of the Michael Carrick era. Rashford into the penalty area,
5: pulls it back for Fernandez, helps it to Sancho. This could be 2-0. It is 2-0. Finally! Jaden Sancho has his first Manchester United goal and finally
4: the Red Devils have something to smile about. We will have an in-depth preview of Chelsea against Manchester United plus how Newcastle can beat Arsenal, West Ham's Antonio Agony, Chelsea's Chilwell pain, and Ranieri goes back to the scene of his biggest party. All that and much more, it's the Premier League's best preview, the game day podcast from TalkSport.
3: This is game day
4: hello Darren Lewis how are you
3: very well indeed I'm very intrigued but first of all before what? I discuss anything at all I want to get to this very 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 important uh segment of the show
4: oh yes you've got your microphone working
3: what well, kind of that, but, and actually it's just, as well, I have done, because I want to say congratulations to you, Samuel, oh, uh, on your stop award. Stop what it. was it for? What was it for? What was it stop for? Stop it. Stop it. There's not, there's, we don't like to talk about
4: him. No, um, no, no, Crook, Crook will probably tell you about it, because as soon as Crook. I picked up my award on uh, Monday night, he snatched it off me and had a photo with it. <laughs> What was I, was it? Just, what?
6: I was just delighted you didn't come second again. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Usually that's a major plus point. Um, right, anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, Champions League
6: highlights uh, this week. What, what, were your, what were your Champions League highlights this week? Well, for me, as you say, it was calling the, the first goals of the, the Michael Carrick era. Another milestone for Cristiano Ronaldo. One goal away now from 800 for Club and Country over the course of his incredible career and please for Jaden Sancho as well he didn't get much of the ball in the first half in Spain but whenever he did he was positive trying to get crosses into the penalty area and hopefully that will be the, the turning point now and we can see the the player that all the European football experts tell me tore it up for Borussia Dortmund um Darren
4: and who's going to be at the wheel by the time we get to uh, Sunday because there's still a lot of discussions about the uh, the interim manager to follow the interim interim who's Michael Carrick at moment at the moment.
3: Yeah, it kind of brings to mind the assistant to the regional manager you know, from the office. <laughs> um, I, I think it will still be... <laughs>
4: it's a bit harsh, that, isn't it?
3: <laughs> no, it's just the description just seems so... Anyway, um, I think Carrick will still be at the wheel, but I do think that Pochettino will eventually assume control. And once he does, I think we'll see a very different Manchester United. But just in... in, in... In terms of my highlight of the week, I've got to say, even though it was effectively a dead rubber, the Manchester City PSG match was a compelling contest. It really, really was. I enjoyed every single minute of it. And it was a snapshot, actually, of the reason why Pochettino wants to leave because City had every man pressing hard, work, pressing high, working hard, and PSG had eight players effectively doing their jobs, and the other three waiting for the ball to get to them. And so, yeah, if, you, if you're a Manchester United persuasion, you can see why Pochettino wants to come to Old Trafford. I did Borussia Dortmund's trip to
4: Sporting Lisbon on Wednesday night, and it was almost a bit like a final. Whoever wins goes through to the last 16, whoever loses is going into the Europa League. Sporting won it. It was terrific. The atmosphere was absolutely brilliant in Lisbon. And two goals from Pedro Goncalves. Now, once upon a time, he was on loan at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Or he was at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and they let him slip through their fingers. But he scored two terrific goals in that match on Wednesday night. What's going to happen this weekend? Shall we start at Stamford Bridge?
5: to the penalty area pulls it back for Fernandez, helps it on to Sancho this could be 2-0 it is 2-0 Finally, Jadon Sancho has his first Manchester United goal. And finally, the Red Devils have something to smile about. Shieldwell, left-hand side, so early cross, looking for see it. Drops at the far post. Reese James! Oh! oh, fantastic goal! Reese James clobbered that into the back of the net. Chelsea are two-up, and the full-backs are at it again. Given away by Rooney, though. And here's Ronaldo listening over the goalkeeper. And Cristiano Ronaldo does it in the Champions League again where would Manchester United be without their talisman Cristiano Ronaldo over to the left hand side of the area Ziyech drives it across goal Werner makes it 4-0 to cap a sensational night but wouldn't you know it? Timo Werner on a substitute, makes it count. And Chelsea are sailing through to the Champions League knockout stages. Timo Werner back amongst the goals. It's Chelsea 4, Juventus 0.
4: Chelsea-Manchester United is 4.30 on Sunday. Chelsea winless in their last seven games in the Premier League against Manchester United, but they were imperious against Juve on Tuesday night, ripping them down the sides, relentless with their finishing. Chilwell, a massive loss and he may not play again for six months. So we wish him the very best. Uh, Without him, and he's a very big threat for them, Darren, isn't he? What will they do to Manchester United?
3: I still think uh, they'll be too good for Manchester United. I still think United's confidence is fragile. Villarreal not decisive enough or good enough with the ball in the final third to hurt them. But I think Chelsea can because they've got multiple points of attack. They're so much better in terms of their discipline. They've won seven of their last 10, eight of their last 10, I should say, um, and nine of their last 12 in the Premier League. So the stats are all in their favour. I know you mentioned about no winning seven in the Premier League against United for Chelsea. But I think... When you look at the way the two teams are playing, the greater consistency is with Chelsea. I can see them coming out on top by a couple of goals.
4: Chelsea have scored at least twice in eight of their last 12 Premier League matches, which is pretty impressive, especially bearing in mind that Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner have been out for so long. Werner is back and he scored coming off the bench in midweek and they were pretty relentless last weekend against Leicester as well weren't they so there is a lot of work for Manchester United to do prior to this game on Sunday
6: Crook I have to be honest um, Darren's right Villarreal aren't a great team they've won five games in all competitions this season they were pretty they were pretty timid in attack United were poor for the first half and I think as soon as they concede the first goal on Saturday that fragile confidence will come to the fore again nova ran. No, Maguire, you may say in the case of the latter, that maybe that's not <laughs> too big a blow, but who plays at centre-half? You've got Bay and Lindelof. Phil Jones travelled to Spain for the midweek game, even though he's not registered as a Champions League player. That suggests to me that he may well have a part to play at Stamford Bridge. This is going to be a massive step up for Michael Carrick, um, and I just don't see that he and his coaching staff will have the tools to do serious damage to this Chelsea team. In terms of manager Hunt, I, I agree with Darren. I think Maurizio Pochettino will be the new Manchester United manager, either now or in the summer. Another the vibe coming out of Old Trafford is that at the moment their focus is on an interim appointment because PSG won't let Pochettino go mid-season. I- I'm not going to say that's completely dead yet. I think there's still twists and turns to come. Pochettino, mm-hmm. desperate to make that move. I think in some ways, maybe by that coming out, he may have hampered his cause because PSG, we know, are quite stubborn. We saw that with Mbappe over the summer. But ultimately, I don't think they particularly want him to be their manager next season. He certainly doesn't want to be there. So maybe this Manchester United interest has come at a good time. Uh, Michael Carrick set
4: Manchester United up the same but different, didn't he, against Villa uh, Real. He waited patiently for them to tie before unleashing the speed demons. They pressed well in parts and yielded the Ronaldo goal that way. It might be a tactic they employ against Chelsea, very much play out from the back. Um, Should we talk a little bit about Rhys James? Uh, Chelsea's top scorer and maybe we can talk about the whole club of 99 or the class of 2017 the team that won the FA Youth Cup uh, Mark Gurhey Trevor Chalobah, Mason Mount Connor Gallagher Callum Hudson-Odoi Tammy Abraham it gives the class of 92 a run
3: for its money Darren it really would I mean we talked for so long didn't we about the Chelsea Academy and the fact that John Terry was the only player for what seemed like a lifetime to come out of that academy. But now you can see the fruits of the hard work being put in by the people running Chelsea's uh, junior teams because that is... If you were to put a value on the picture that all those players are in as young kids. How old are they in that picture, Sam, would you say? So
4: you're talking about a picture that uh, was posted by Trevor Chalabar after he scored in the Champions League in the week. Yeah, they're about, I think they're eight in that picture. I think they're wow. about eight in that picture. And there's a, there's a whole group of them. And, and all of the players that I've mentioned and others are in it. Declan Rice is in it, actually, as well. That's not the yeah. 2017 class. That's, that's I think it's a lot earlier than that. Um, yeah. Actually, I think it's about 2007. <laughs> 2007 so they would be about eight years of age yeah, but they've been together Some for a long
3: time. Some of them in that picture are younger than the congestion charge. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> 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 I felt very old looking at that picture but you know I think it, as I said before a testament to the good work being done by Chelsea and I think when you look at the fact that three of their four goal scorers against Juventus no less uh, were from the academy it tells you everything about the money they could sa- they could save in the coming years by placing their faith in some of their young talents. I just think that overall, when you look at the Chelsea team, there's so much strength in depth that Manchester United won't be able to cope because Alonso slots in, in that left wing back position for mm. Ben Chil. Well, He is a big miss. We know that. Yeah. But they were able to do without him earlier in the season. And I think they'll be able to cope until he comes back uh, just uh, quite nicely. And as I said before, you know, Marcus Alonso, under Frank Lampard you weren't quite sure of his future under Tuchel he looks a much more confident capable player and I think that they're going to be able to provide a lot of uh, defensive strength uh, supplement attacks and I just think it's going to be too much for Manchester United to handle
4: what a great save that is from Ramsdale it was brilliant from the England goalkeeper. Liverpool lay waste to Arsenal's unbeaten run
6: in emphatic style. We know we're not the finish article, we know we're not going to be competing with Liverpool Man City, but we want to get there in, in coming years and It's hard work on the training ground.
4: We know what we have to do. We know where we were, where we want to be, and the best way to do it is is go day by day. day. And Eddie Howe's first game sees Newcastle go bottom of the Premier League. Newcastle 3, Brentford 3. This is an incredibly difficult assignment. Tough job. We haven't won a game yet this season. We've got a lot of work to do.
5: Hook goes! Brilliant goal! Callum Wilson! Oh, what an overhead kick from Callum Wilson.
4: Arsenal against Newcastle is Talksport Saturday lunchtime game. Now, Newcastle boss Eddie Howe has lost on all five of his
6: visits to the Emirates. Will he do so again, Crook? I'm not going to say yes with any great certainty, you know, because I think we saw last weekend that Arsenal, for all the, the progress that we believe they've made, they've still got a bit of a soft underbelly um, and they're still vulnerable defensively. I think the stats, even when they were winning games back up, Aaron Ramsdale was having to make too many saves. Um, And I think Newcastle under Eddie Howe, Jason Tindall, of course, will be in the dugout again this weekend as Howell continues to isolate. They will go on the front foot. They did that against Brentford. I mean, they can't defend themselves. This could be an absolute thriller, by the way, reminiscent of that 4-4 draw at St. James's Park all those years ago. But I think Newcastle are capable of getting a result at, at, at the Emirates. So, um, Maybe anyhow, not being there actually helps because he's lost every time he's been there
4: as a manager. (laughs) Maybe the fact that he's sitting in a hotel room might change things. Um, I was at Anfield last week and I have to concur with what you're saying. I mean, the underlying stats, and I went through them ahead of that commentary game, were ones of, look at the the quality of opposition that they beat during that run. We've mentioned this on the podcast several several times, but also they weren't blowing teams away even in that run against the lesser lights of the Premier League. Um, And they naively continued to play out from the back, Darren, um, even though they were being pressed like a freshly ironed shirt by Liverpool, who were the best at it in the entire world. I mean, I wonder what approach Newcastle are going to take this this week. They're obviously going to try and do the same, aren't they? They're going to try and press Arsenal high up and force them into errors, which seem to be quite forthcoming.
3: Yeah, but I think Newcastle are nowhere near the class of uh, Liverpool. With Liverpool, Arsenal flew far too close to the sun, got burned. They are not at the level to compete with the likes of Liverpool or anyone, I would argue, in the top four or five just yet. But I think Newcastle... are not good enough in turn to take on Arsenal in fact I think Newcastle are done now in the Premier League it feels very sad to say that but the whoa, stat as you guys whoa, whoa 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 is this a crookie bold claim one yeah it might well be um... get the music
6: out Luce Crooky bold claim
3: <laughs> sorry D-
4: Darren Darren you're saying that they're done in the Premier League you think they're relegated already I just think that
3: when you look at the run that they've been on so far, it might well be that they can start to put together patches of form, but I still think with them having to wait until the January transfer window to bring in reinforcements, I still can't see them putting together the run of form they would need to, given that they've had no win in 12 to be able to stay up. I can't see them beating Arsenal, certainly not at the Emirates. So I think that run, that poor run is going to be extended to thirteen. And then it starts to get tough.
6: Yeah. They well, probably so- need 10 wins from, what, 26 games? So it is a big ask. It's a huge ask. Um, but, I am um,
4: i mean, maybe they'll spend so much money in the, the January transfer window that they uh, they end up with Mbappe, Neymar, PSG and Poch in charge or something. I don't know. Um, Liverpool last week for Arsenal, their XG was 0.3. They barely laid a glove, as Darren said, on them. Um, but this is an opposition more at their level. Nuno Tavares had the most touches for Arsenal last week, but he thought he was playing for Liverpool, didn't he? Um, Tierney probably will come back in. Aubameyang's probably going to score as well, but he only ever scores at home. What is that all about?
6: I think he's a problem, Aubameyang, and I think he has been ever since he signed that that new contract. I understand why they chucked the money at him after that season in which he pretty much single-handedly won the FA Cup, those performances in the semi and the final, but He's gone right off the boil. He's a bit of a flat-track bully. Not only does he only score at home, he only tends to score against the, the lesser lights in the Premier League. And actually, I think the senior players are becoming a problem for Arsenal, not just Aubameyang. Uh, Lacazette, who clearly wants away and will probably leave in the summer. Thomas Partey just can't stay fit, and that's been a problem only since he joined Arsenal, actually, because his injury record at Atletico Madrid was quite good. Um, so you have to question where that's come from all of a sudden. They're too reliant on the young players, the likes of Saka, Smith-Rowe, Gabrielle and Ramsdown. If they're going to do anything in the Premier League this season, they need those senior players to actually start matching the work rate and the ethic of those younger players. Arsenal have won
4: sixteen of their past seventeen Premier League games against Newcastle, with the exception being a two-one away loss in April two thousand and eighteen. They have a very good record against the Geordies. Will it continue? Live on Talksport twelve thirty on Saturday. Manchester City against the West Ham United. Um, This is Sunday at two o'clock. I'll be at this game as well. So uh, City making a statement with a comeback win on Wednesday night, as Darren has already articulated, a thrilling match. West Ham need to bounce back from their defeat at Wolverhampton Wanderers. They have it all to do against this Manchester City team, Darren.
3: Yeah, but they've got a lot of belief and I don't think they'll be waving the white flag like West Ham teams of the past, trying to see how much they can keep the score down. I think they'll go out to take the game to City. The problem is City right now are absolutely flying. I think that was a hugely impressive performance in a game they didn't even necessarily need to win. But I think when you look at the desire they showed in that match, you can see that they're starting to really move into the zone. And as much as it would be terrific for West Ham to bounce back and just keep pace with that top three, I can see them being outclassed in this game.
4: And West Ham, the fourth top scorers in the Premier League so far this season, Crook, But Antonio has scored once for West Ham since September. That's one in eight matches before the Rapid Vienna match. I mean, Q7 goals tonight. But um, is that an issue for them? Is that something they can solve? Or is this just something they have to get used to in Macau? Because he often goes on these runs.
6: Well, yeah, because fundamentally, he's, he's not a number nine, is he? I mean, he's, he's trained himself to, to do that role, but he started his career as a winger. I've seen him play as a, as a fullback, actually, in his younger days at Southampton. And if you look at his career, I think he's hit double figures in each of the last two Premier League seasons, but he's certainly not got anywhere near 20 goals in a Premier League season. So I think it is an issue. And actually, I think as the season goes on, uh, West Ham's failure to recruit a backup striker could well haunt them because there will be times just because of the way that Antonio plays, because of how much effort and endeavour he puts in, that he needs a break. And at the moment, they can't really afford to give him a break. What's interesting is you look at the players they did sign in the summer transfer window. Alex Crowell, I think, is still to make his Premier League debut. Vlasic is only getting the odd minutes here and there. So they're still pretty reliant on the squad from last season. Uh, and I'm with Darren. Um, I think Manchester City oozing confidence, oozing class at the moment. I did the game against Everton last weekend. It was a mismatch. I think this will be as well. West Ham clearly a better team than Everton, but Manchester City uh, will be too strong. And actually, I'm commentating this game for Tortsmouth International. I don't know if you feel this, Sam, as well. They're a difficult team to commentate at times, Manchester City, because it's pass, 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 pass. They pass me to sleep, let alone the opposition. <laughs> and not very
4: often do they end up having loads of goals in their game. Seven of City's 12 games this season so far have seen two goals Or fewer in the Premier League. So uh, not necessarily
3: an entertainment fest for you, Crooks. Sam, do you Um, know what? Do you know what, Sam? I think last season they managed to win the league without a recognised striker because uh, Aguero didn't pay for much of the game. We know Jesus is a striker as well. But, you know, the orthodox number nine that they managed to win. it, And it was a hugely impressive performance to do it. But a lot of people said, well, listen, Liverpool are in transition uh, Chelsea changed manager halfway through they won't do it this time around and they still look strong this time if they were to do it this season I think it might be one of the perf- great performances in the Premier League if they were to win the title without a number nine this season
0: now hold that please level five thank you ah you must be one of our new interns
1: yeah hi nice to meet you
0: hi now the most important thing to know is to Ertz uh, in the parcel Rise plug sale
1: the most important thing is what sorry
0: the single most important thing is to work in the channel has been bingus of the bypass or rise plug sale and you'll be fine.
1: Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.
2: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on talk sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at Ladbrokes.com, 18+, be and T's and C's apply.
5: Saturdays were made for game day. Away by Thomas, in by Smith-Rowe, and Arsenal lead by two goals to nil. Is there anything this young man cannot do? And there's Isaac Hayden to volley Newcastle back on level terms. How about that?
1: We need to get better, and it's not just individually, it's
4: collectively as a group and as a team.
5: Bit again. Okay. It's 1-0! to Crystal Palace possibilities here for Villa Watkins continues right foot shot brilliant goal Only Watkins Stephen Gerrard punches the air a lot a lot of positives to take away but listen it's only a start but it's certainly something for us to build on Lalana play into Trossard Trosso ready keeper it's 2-2 it's Leeds United 1 Leicester City 0 and it's come from Rafinha a blockbusting game day
2: across the talk sport network
4: Leicester against Watford, 2pm Sunday. Ness and Dorma, Andrea Bocelli, Jamie Vardy having a party. Claudio Renieri has fond memories of his time at the King Power Stadium. Can he make more memories with his Watford team this Sunday, Crook?
6: Maybe. Um, We spoke a lot on the podcast at the weekend about Manchester United's deficiencies. We didn't really get a chance to touch on how well Watford played, particularly that front three of Dennis King and Saar. And if they're at it again, I think Leicester with their defensive vulnerabilities, could be in trouble. All doesn't seem well for me at the King Power. Brendan Rogers constantly linked with a job at Manchester United. I think he came out after their last league game and and said, maybe we've been overachieving. That hasn't gone down well with the supporters. We know there's been times when he's been booed this season. So if Watford are organised and they can get those front three into Positions where they can hurt Leicester, I think Claudia Ranieri could have some joy on his emotional return to the, to the ground where he brought the Premier League title at odds of 5,000
4: to 1. Look, it's two Premier League wins since August for, for Rogers. He's been pretty popular up until this point, and dealing with the backlash is always very difficult. I mean, I mean is he really linked with the, the Manchester United job? I mean, I've obviously touted him for it, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure that they're as uh, close to appointing him as some people have made
6: out. Well, that begs the question: Where are these links coming from, doesn't it, mm. Darren?
3: Yeah, I think I think once the links uh, began to come, out, he believed that he was in the frame, and there was nothing uh, running counter to that. So, and I know, um, I know, a couple of my colleagues just kid ourselves in my industry uh, went very strong on it. But what is quite instructive is that he has, in the last, what, 48 hours or so, reaffirmed his commitment to Leicester. And I think... Clearly, is that because he knows he's not going to get the Manchester I was about to say, clearly he's become aware that he is not in their thoughts and that the person they want is Pochettino. And so the easiest thing to do at that point is basically say, I'm not... <laughs> I don't intend to go anywhere. I'm committed. No, no, I love you, really. <laughs> do you think some damage may have been done already, though, uh,
6: with their run of form and, and with the fact that, let's be honest, if yes. this poor run of form continues... That will be used as a stick to beat him with. I think he could be on dodgy ground.
3: I think you're right. I think his five wins from the last 14 or 15 games, he could not have had such a poor run at a worse time Uh, because I think he would have crawled over broken glass to go to Old Trafford. But his side have been very uncharacteristically poor this season. Arsenal beat them easily. Last week, Chelsea slaughtered them. I know it was three, but Chelsea could have scored six or seven. Um, and I just think the run of form that they're on at the moment, allowing for injuries and suspensions and whatnot, but it's not been a great time for Brendan Rodgers.
6: I guess you have to go back to the end of last season when, of course, they were in a position to qualify for the Champions League and fell away as they did the previous season. So the run of form actually isn't just something that started in August. The rot had set in towards the back end of the last campaign. It
3: must be quite galling for Brendan Rodgers because uh, Pochettino hasn't won anything in English football, even though he had uh, Southampton Spurs playing well. He hadn't won anything Rogers has, with Leicester, the FA Cup. Obviously, the Community Shield, I don't count that as a trophy, but lots of people supposedly do. Um, but the fact is that for him to see Pochettino preferred to him must be quite galling and he must be quite frustrated, as I said, given the form that his team are on.
6: Do we think that the damage might already be done? I think it might. I think it might. I, th- I think uh, the owners will be aware that Rogers certainly privately was hankering for a move to Manchester United and maybe not that priv- privately with some of the stories that are coming out and the fact they're not winning games as I say I think he needs to turn this run of form around quickly I, I don't listen this argument about Pochettino's never won a trophy and, and Rodgers has I don't subscribe to that narrative at all he took Tottenham to a Champions League final Tottenham to a Champions League final is that a trophy <laughs> it's Tottenham
3: when Wasn't was the last trophy? time they
6: did anything meaningful before Pochettino was there? Is Joe Royal the Roy- final of the Champions League a trophy
4: over a, a Community Shield? I mean, that is a big question, isn't it? And Joe Royal won the FA Cup. You would give
3: Spurs him, a top, you would give him be, a top four job, would you? Would, would Spurs fans rather have the FA Cup or a place in the Champions League final?
6: I think that's a I think that's a close run thing. I think to get to a European final is a massive but if achievement. If you get to a European final it's always good if you actually turn up. Isn't well, listen, it? Pochettino got to as many Champions League finals as
3: Arsene Wenger. So when I look on Wikipedia under the section Honors, and <laughs> who's I... got a bigger?
4: Who's got bigger honors? Arsene Wenger or Maurizio Pochettino? Yeah, but he was there for twenty odd years. I, Maurizio I Pochettino, Pochettino <laughs> was in charge of a team that had Neymar and Mbappe in it. Ankel Di Maria and basically anyone that they wanted to buy and didn't win the French League last season for the first time in about 700 years so uh, before we get too excited about it let's not make out he's the messiah he's done very well but you know he also did very well not to win the league last year in France that's quite an amazing feat in itself he's an exceptional coach and exceptional, when is, come, when except, it, when exceptional you know you got to be really careful with the words that you
6: use we know you like a bold claim there you go bold claim crookie's
2: bold claim
6: He's an exceptional coach, and when he gets to Manchester United, you will see a marked improvement. We all like
3: like Potch. I am not disagreeing with Potch's quality at all. No, we all love Potch. We all think Potch is lovely. Exactly. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that you cannot compare winning an actual trophy with walking past one (laughs) and not being able to touch it. Nobody oh. loves him as much as me.
6: You two go and get your own man crush, all right?
3: <laughs> I thought you had a crush on Hasenhutl. Oh,
6: he's got a crush on everyone. He's a right so bluesy. Um, <laughs> they've
4: got a tough run, Leicester, anyway. We were talking about them, I think, at some point over the last few minutes. Uh, Manchester City and Liverpool at Christmas. They always get Manchester City and Liverpool at Christmas. And this year, they've got... I mean, they are going to be the turkey in the middle of the ultimate club sandwich. Liverpool won the Cup before Christmas. Manchester City on Boxing Day and Liverpool two days later in the league. Give them a break. Uh, Burnley against Tottenham is Sunday at two o'clock uh Burnley still in the bottom three Antonio Conte only four points off the top four I'm guessing we all believe that he'll have money to spend in January which is why he's there although I'm sure he studied the contract this week to see if there's a way he can get on the Advanti west coast train to Manchester without paying a huge upgrade fee hold on sure there was a clause in here somewhere I've only been here I'm still on probation
6: 14 day calling off period um Yeah, listen, he needs money to spend in January. I know they beat Leeds, but it wasn't very impressive, particularly in the first half. And we were with a Tottenham fan, ironically, on our way up to Manchester for your gala awards bash on Monday. And she was saying the atmosphere, actually, in the first half, was quite toxic. People booing um, very early in Antonio Conte's reign to receive that kind of treatment. And this is going to be a difficult game because Burnley have shown a bit of quality in recent weeks. Actually, you could argue they've become the entertainers in the Premier League with a number of goals. So surprised about in their that. games, but uh, I really like Maxwell Cornay, um, and I think Sean Dyche is doing a pretty decent job there again with fairly limited funds. And Tottenham will know they're going to be in a battle.
3: Do you know? I do, we keep making all these big bold claims, but and I don't think this is bold at all. But I think Maxwell Cornay might be playing for another club next season. He's a very, very good left back. He's got fantastic composure in front of goal. And I know Villa are looking for a left back. He could easily play in the Spurs team, although I do like Reguilon. Um, But I just think uh, Maxwell Corner is a terrific buy for Burnley. And if they're going to score, he's probably their best chance at the moment.
4: And Burnley's only defeat in the last seven was 2-0 at Manchester City, a run which also includes draws Leicester, Southampton and Chelsea. Sean Dyche would love nothing more than to turn up at Tottenham and spoil the sort of feel-good factor, the buzz that surrounds Antonio uh, Conte. That's two o'clock on Sunday, also on Sunday at two o'clock. And Brentford against Everton. Now, only Newcastle and Burnley have had lower possession averages than Everton this season, meaning that, you know, a lot of players have to spend time without the ball and focusing on what to do out of possession. Uh, how does that affect the morale of someone like, I don't know, Richarlison? for example, who seems to be toiling?
6: Well, I can answer that question because I commentated that game last weekend and he was like a petulant kid up front. Every time the, the the ball came up to him or didn't come up to him, as the case may be, he was turning his back in frustration, waving his arms around. He got a cheap yellow card, which actually I think rules him out of this game. He is um, out of this game, yeah. Due to suspension. I might cash in on him if I was Everton uh, because Rafa needs funds to rebuild that team. We We know about his lack of spending in, in the summer when he had to sign Townsend on a free, Damari Gray for, for very little money. The squad's still in need of a massive overhaul, which sounds ridiculous if, if you break down what's been spent in the last few years, but there's still very little pace. There's very little strength in depth. There's no cover for Dominic Calvallo. And The fact that Czech Tosin is back in the picture probably tells you all you need to know. And actually, not much has been made of it, but they've been appallingly run in the last three or four years, Everton. There's no, no two ways about it.
4: Yep. Richarlison not available, as we already mentioned. Uh, Damari Gray set to miss out too. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because they're hanging their hat now on Cenk Tursen and uh, Salomon Rondon. Um, he did get going in a, a November at Newcastle three years ago. Maybe the, Rafa Benitez can get the best out of him. But these are two of the most out-of-form sides in the Premier League, Darren.
3: Yeah, um, I, I like, I'm so alarmed by... Everton because I, I just think they're falling to pieces at the moment and I just I don't want to go over what Crook has said because I agree with every word and I just think as far as Everton are concerned I, it would be a shame if they threw Rafa Benitez overboard because he is probably their best chance of getting out of the trouble that they are in not just this run of form but the slump that they're in as a club and I think that that it is going to take a couple of transfer windows but they've got to shift some of that dead wood out and rely on him to bring in the quality that will enable them to get value for money
4: um, imagine if they had someone like Ivan Tony up front with those crosses from wide areas from Andros uh, Townsend and uh, Damari Gray and Alex Iwobi should be interesting this game uh, both teams have scored in six of Brentford's last seven league matches so it's probably going to be nil nil uh, right Lucy hello <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you. And
4: um, well, we still got the boyfriend? Is he still uh, in, in place?
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he's still knocking about the place, which oh. is a good sign.
4: It was knocking about the place right now?
1: No, no, no. He was actually there, though, on oh. Sunday's recording.
6: Oh, was he? Were we offensive? No. no that doesn't sound like us. We, so, we probably were. So it was like a live lounge. Did you charge him for a ticket? Yeah, well, yeah actually, that means that so we should have got paid extra.
1: Well, no, I don't... He, he seemed quite impressed with your work, though, so, you know. That's
4: because Darren wasn't there.
3: Harsh, <laughs> <laughs> but very fair.
4: <laughs> what you got for us, Luce? Because Norwich take on Wolves this week at three o'clock on Saturday.
1: <laughs> I've got a lovely bunch of questions here for you.
4: Ooh.
1: I'm going to start with you, Sam. Oh, good. So, the Wolves Academy have recently entered into a partnership, but with which American soccer club?
4: you know the worst thing is when you said that they've entered a partnership? I was just about to say Grasshoppers of Zurich because I know that the club as a whole has just signed a deal with Grasshoppers of Zurich, and they've all been over to Zurich over the last couple of weeks. I you know someone that works at Wolves uh, during the last international break uh, to sort of uh, share best practice. But That isn't great the question knowledge, that but you that wasn't asked. a question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know is the answer. I'm going to do. You know what? I'm just going to throw out there. Sporting Kansas City
1: Incorrect Crook
4: Again I'll guess New York Incorrect. New York what New York what New York City were owned by Manchester City Wolves are going to shine a partnership with Manchester City's club in the MLS why would they do that I mean that is, you didn't even try there you should be Dr. Point for not trying
1: Darren
3: <laughs>
1: um
4: who doesn't t- even know any MLS clubs <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um I kinda New York Red Bulls
1: Incorrect, it was actually Chicago
6: City.
3: There you go,
4: Chicago City. Who are they?
6: (laughs) Aren't the team in Chicago called Chicago Fire? No, that's the TV program, isn't it? Guys,
4: stop showing your ignorance. (laughs) Hold on, I'm going to Google it. Hold on a second. No, I
6: haven't. There's definitely a TV program called Chicago Fire. Yes, Paul Parker in the the 90s watches it when when we're preparing for commentaries. When we're sat there having a chat, he puts Chicago Fire on his uh, iPad. Chicago Fire FC, yeah.
3: That's what they're called. That's what they're called.
1: Should we just move on?
3: Yeah, I think that's a good idea, Lucy.
1: (laughs) Right, Darren. Norwich revealed their brand new club crest this week. The new crest has only changed slightly and it still includes a canary standing on a ball, a castle, but what else?
6: Brian gun. (laughs) Angus gun. (laughs) A field gun. A loaded gun.
3: Keep your petty feuds to yourself. <laughs> um, what else? It's a ball, it's a canary, and it's a, uh, a shield. Uh, no, a lion.
1: Correct. It is a lion. A
4: lion? What? A canary and a lion on the same badge. That's not going to end well, is it? It's
6: going to end in carnage. <laughs> These questions are tough.
1: Well, now it's your turn,
3: Crook.
6: <laughs> Listen to her voice. <laughs>
3: Who was the man who invented Norwich's club crest?
1: (laughs) 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 So back in August, Crook, you voiced some pretty heavy opinions on Norwich, receiving a lot of backlash on Twitter, including from Norwich fan Jake Humphrey. He said on Twitter that you were speaking utter what?
6: Am I allowed to say that on on a (laughs) on a podcast? Yeah. Leap it out on a podcast. Um well, I think he did the poo emoji, didn't he? I think he said I was speaking utter...
1: Did, no,
6: he didn't. Didn't he?
1: <laughs> no, he didn't. He might have been thinking it, but he uh, didn't Did he,
6: he say nonsense? <laughs> no. Rubbish.
1: Incorrect. Darren?
4: Fripe. Hold on. It's, it's Jake, so it's going to be something <laughs> else. Uh, uh,
6: baloney.
1: No. Oh. You're all incorrect. He said he was speaking
6: utter drivel. <laughs> He'll enjoy, enjoy his trips to Stoke next season, Jake Humphrey, I'm sure.
4: He's just start having a go at him. Don't have a go at him. He, he's, he's allowed to defend his club. You defend your. Oh, no, you don't, really. No, you stick the boot into yours. Uh, right, Lucy, what does that mean? The scores on the doors are?
1: Darren is in the lead with 11 points. Crook, your second with 10.5, and Sam, your third with 10.
4: Yeah, well. <laughs> Brighton against Leeds United is 5.30 on Saturday, live on Talk Sport. Uh, Brighton have gone for a bit of a sticky period, haven't they? And Leeds United certainly in the middle of one of those. Um, okay, so what is the
6: mood on the South Coast like, Alex? I spoke to Tarek Ramptey um, during the week, actually, and he was fairly upbeat, fairly grounded individual. Nice lad, actually. Um, and you'll be able to hear that interview on Darren Bent's boot room on Sunday night. I think sometimes we're guilty of taking the the form book a bit too literally. You know, Brighton made a really good start to the season. their best ever in a top flight campaign. They probably weren't playing quite as well as those performances suggested. And I don't think they're playing as badly as their current run of form suggests. But I do think this is a good opportunity against a lead side who, who've lost their way a bit in the Premier League this season to get back to winning ways. And I, I think they need that just to try and... Uh, just to try and ease those fears that the slump will continue. Um, Leeds,
4: as you mentioned, have only won one of their last five, and that was against Norwich. And they have had injury problems. I mean, I mentioned it on the Sunday podcast. I mean, they started a 19-year-old making his first Premier League star up front. They didn't have Rafinha or Rodrigo last weekend. And, you know, obviously, you're going to struggle when you've got the the, the sort of
3: injuries that um, Leeds United have had. And you've got a small squad, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joe Gelhardt, a very talented boy. He's only 19. He's going to be a bit of a star. But I think overall, Leeds are in a slump. And the fact that they had to turn to him is a measure of just how desperate Marcello Bielsa is. I think they're in trouble. There's always a big club that goes down. I think it might be them unless they can maybe bring in some urgent reinforcements in the January transfer window. But as far as this game is concerned, I can see them biting the dust again.
0: Hmm.
4: I do wonder that big bold claims are catching like a virus because you obviously spent too much time with Crook. You relegated Newcastle, who are a pretty big
3: club. Do you, think that's, a bad, do you think that's a bold claim that Leeds could go down? I think they're mm. vulnerable.
4: I, I agree. I with don't you. think. I don't think. It, I don't think it's a bold claim now. But you, uh, the idea that Leeds and Newcastle are going down is quite a would be quite a. a, a, a some, it would rock the Premier League, I think, if Leeds and Newcastle well, went Well,
3: absolutely. Down. I I agree with you. But if you look at this Premier League, it's one of the toughest Premier Leagues we've probably ever seen mm. in terms of the strength and depth, in terms of the financial resources available to every team. But the fact is that there are one or two teams that are going on runs of form that are very, very difficult to get out of. And I think Newcastle, it's not rocket science to look at the fact that they haven't won so far this season. And believe that it's going to be tough, even though they have all of that money at their disposal. And I think the same goes for Leeds. The way they play with the intensity that they play at at all, they've just not been able to sustain it. So once you lose one or two key people, it then becomes very difficult to retain or to get back the form that you're able to have. And at the moment, they're one of the easiest teams to play against.
6: Our football editor would be quite happy as uh, EFL rights holders if Leeds and Newcastle ended up in the Championship. It's a bit dull at the moment, isn't it, that division, to be wow. honest? Yeah,
4: be a few more talk sport games, I think, for the Championship if those two were to go down. Uh, Crystal Palace against Aston Villa is Saturday 3 o'clock. What a midfield match-up from 2002 this is. Patrick Vieira against Stephen Gerrard at Selhurst Park. Um, I think I'm looking forward to this one because both teams full of energy. Both teams playing... I mean, look, I thought... Aston Villa weren't as good as maybe the scoreline suggested last weekend, but Crystal Palace have have been very good. And Christian Benteke, against his former club,
6: will relish the opportunity uh, to get uh, more goals under his belt. I'm glad you've mentioned him because I wanted to speak about him on the podcast at the weekend and with all the goings on at Manchester United and elsewhere we didn't get a chance. I was uh, with a member of Patrick Vieira's coaching staff a few days ago and I asked him how have you turned Christian Benteke back into a goal scoring centre forward again and he said basically they looked at his game from the last couple of years and worked out where his goals have come from and it sounds really simple but they sat him down and said look watch this where do you get most of your goals inside the penalty area why have you spent so much time in recent seasons dropping deep into midfield trying to be a link man that's not playing to your strengths get back in the box we'll supply you and you'll score goals sometimes football is a simple game how long, how long was that uh, edited goal highlight from the last couple of years? About 30 seconds. <laughs> well, they might have gone even further back, you know, to when he but, was I think they in probably had in for Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. But there's always been a player there. We saw it at Villa. I think the way that his confidence was shot away at, at Liverpool, it's taken him a long time to recover from that. But the two goals he scored last weekend were really quality finishes. And I think he will cause a problem for Aston Villa.
4: Stevie G uh, off the mark last week with two late goals in their game. Um, What what did you think about uh, his impact? I know we haven't had a chance to speak to you about um, that match, Darren, yet. What what, what did you think about it? I mean, I know that we we had a commentator there on Saturday, Nigel Adley, and I was speaking to him about it. And he seemed to think that, you know, the way he held himself on the touchline was pretty impressive. The way he sort of galvanised his team, made changes at the right time was uh, was was good for um, Aston Villa and might be going forward.
3: You answered all of the questions right there. I think he did really well that first day at the office. As you said, maybe the performance wasn't as good as it looked at first glance, but the fact is that all that matters is the three points. I think his team will play high energy. We saw that he likes to get the fullbacks to push high. We see that he wants his team to play a high energy game. As I said before, the talk is that he wants another fullback, um, but I think he'll be looking for reinforcements in midfield as well. Defensively, they had a good start as well, but this is going to be very, very tough because Palace do have the firepower. Odds in Eduardo like anyway. Um, Benteke is running into form undefeated in their last seven, won two of their last three. I think Palace are going to be tough, but I think Villa will be able to match them. I'm really looking forward to this game.
4: Liverpool against Southampton is another Saturday, 3 o'clock. Liverpool not full tilt in midweek, especially not in the first half. Um, I was doing a commentary game and Steve Wilson was doing this match uh, for the World Feed. And he came out to me and said to me, Porto should be in front of this match. Um, you would expect that that was the case, really, because Liverpool obviously had already qualified in first place. But they still won 2-0 in the second half. And Mo Salah scoring once again. I think it's 13 now for the season. Um, Canate started in the Champions League. How did he get on? It's taking him a little bit of time, isn't it? But the good news is, I suppose this year he hasn't been rushed into the starting lineup as he would have been if it was last year, Darren.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that's given him a bit of time to fight his feet. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is that he probably will get a few more chances because Liverpool have conceded two or more goals on, I think, six occasions this season. Mm. So it's not as if uh, there is a reason for him not to get a chance. And I think I look at the runoff fixtures that they've got coming up and... Listen, I think I don't know if you're playing the Everton game because that's quite high intensity. And if you're a new boy at the office, you might not want to be thrown into that particular mix. But certainly, this is the kind of game where you think you would think he'd maybe get in there and get a a, a chance to get his feet under the table. I like him as a player. I like what Liverpool... Listen, you you guys both know what I think and all the listeners know what I think of Liverpool this season. I think they're much stronger, much better. I think they they will win the title. Uh, Lots of bold claims this week, but you know my view on Liverpool. They were undone by their defence not being available last time around. This time will be different.
4: Well, I mean, there's a lot of people scrambling to get to their local bookies here because uh, and, and have Newcastle, Leeds to go down and Liverpool to win the title. Well, that is at some hefty odds, I reckon, for a little three-way. Uh, defeat for Saints last week to Norwich. Yeah, defeat to Saints to Norwich. I'm surprised there probably wasn't more alarm bells ringing over that. Um, and Saints have won just three games all season. And these are the games that they have won. They beat Villa just before they sacked Dean Smith, who were in awful form. They beat Watford 1-0. And they beat Leeds 1-0. I don't like their fixture list between now and the middle of February.
6: Yeah, but they did uh, get a point in Manchester City and, and maybe should have won that day. You remember the, the controversy over the penalty that, that was given and then harshly taken away by VAR. They got a point Did you at home say we? Uh, they, got no, a point we, though, they got a point Go at no, home meant... to Manchester United again when United were playing quite well and, and Saints should have won that game. When was that? And Right at the start of the season. And they were unlucky. Manchester to... United weren't playing well. They haven't played well all season. And they were unlucky to lose by a 3-1 scoreline against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So maybe this is the type of game that will bring the best out of Ralph a side. Do I expect them to win? No, but I don't think it will be the foregone conclusion that Sam Matterface, you Southampton hater, and Darren Lewis, you Liverpool lover, are making out. I don't think either of those two things are true. But I can't ever. I never thought this would be the case that the arch,
4: the, the arch stirrer in Alex Crook would turn uh, the PR man for Southampton Football Club, which he has done over the course of the last uh, six months. Quite amazing, really. Uh, it's, it's absolutely fascinating by the way do you want a statistic uh, earlier on we had a little bit of a debate uh, and you probably won't hear this because Lucy will be nice to Darren Eddie Tiao. Uh Darren said oh no you know, Newcastle uh, can't survive because no one has ever survived uh, losing their first 12 games of the season we said no Darren that's not true Derby County did just that. They got to 13 and we took it out to save face, but now we're bringing it up again. But the reason I'm bringing it up again is because having gone through the, uh, the Derby fixtures, just to make sure that, that was the case from 2000, 2001, you're not going to believe this, right? But they didn't win in their first um, 11 fixtures. Their 12th fixture was against, would you believe this? Would you, you're not going to believe this? Arsenal. The 12th fixture was against Arsenal. And they drew nil-nil and then went on to win. So maybe there's a bit of synergy there between Eddie Howes, Newcastle, and Derby County, and maybe they can actually stay in the Premier League. Maybe after they've drawn nil-nil at Arsenal, they can go on and build a, a fantastic run of, of several victories. Anybody else going to subscribe to that? No?
6: no. I still think Newcastle no. can stay up. I still think Newcastle can stay up.
4: Newcastle will stay up. Newcastle go down. Um, we, we'll, we'll wait and see. What that game is... What, what do, do I think? think? I think statistically, you're right to point out that it is very, very difficult to stay up from here. And as someone who has uh, a wee little wager on Newcastle, Burnley and Norwich to go down, I wouldn't be too depressed about it. Uh, But I do like Eddie Howe a lot and I'd like to see him succeed. Um, Right, that's it from us. Uh, I'll see you on Saturday, 12.30 live from the Emirates Stadium. And Sunday, I'm doing Manchester City against West Ham, the Sunday session coming from the Etihad Stadium as we go around the grounds because there's so many matches on Sunday afternoon. Um, uh, We've also got Brighton against Leeds United. And Crook, what, what are you doing this weekend?
6: I'm doing Manchester City against West Ham on Sunday. So I expect to be counting the Manchester City passes once again. Okay, uh, that's it from us. Uh, We're back
4: on Monday morning with a review of a mammoth weekend. Enjoy your football. And this weekend we have it all. Game day, Saturday and Sunday for the session as we bring you all the goals as they uh, go in. Have a good weekend.
2: The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides, we've got them Expert opinions, we share them The best fans in the world deserve the best Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks Odds update on talk sport with Labrooks Are you in? Let's go Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org T's and C's apply
0: Hold that please, level 5, thank you Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz uh, and the Bypassal Rise plug sale.
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to Ertz uh, and the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
1: Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn
4: knows how.